This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutiaman Celebrity Interview is up next, but first... Take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. And on this week's episode of And Friends... We expose ourselves in public. That's right. I got a trench coat and I'm ready to open it. Then I filmed it. I opened it up to everyone. Listen to And Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave the following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave, this week's guest, uh, he's, he's probably one of the most famous parents in America. He's an author, a humorist. Uh, his subject matter is something that uh, we discuss all the time, which is parenting. Please welcome to the show, exploding unicorn himself, James Breakwell. How are you, James? I'm very happy to be here. Uh, better late than never. <laughs> yes, well, uh, tell the story why you why you were late. I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just a bad person in general. <laughs> but I had a reminder set on my phone that I had to do this today. But uh, my wife declared today's the day we're going to clean the entire house. Uh, she's off work today. The kids are home from school, and so we we got going. And the whole incentive is once we finish, the kids can go carve pumpkins. So I was I was back in the pig room. I'm sure everybody has a pig room, right? <laughs> Vacuuming up like weeks worth of leaves and dirt and sticks and oh. blaring a podcast. And I didn't even didn't even hear the calendar alert in my phone. So that's <laughs> well, yeah. I, I do feel slightly terrible. Oh, okay. don't, don't, we, we've uh, done far worse. Other yeah. than the pigs, you, we, we're living similar <laughs> lives so you know i've, I've actually been look, really looking forward to talking to you because i had a, a similar approach about 15 years ago when my kids were the ages of your kids uh, i wrote a weekly humor column called father knows nothing and i, I did it for about 10 years and wow. and here's the premise of of uh this is what i discovered after writing that for 10 years james and see if you agree with me when you spend your life looking for the funny all around you which is your job and was my job, you have no choice but to be a happy person. Is that true? Wouldn't you agree? It's absolutely true. And it seems to be the worse things go in life, the better things you have to write about. There's always a silver lining. Like, this is a horrible day. Everything went wrong. You know, that's that's going to make a great newsletter. (laughs) Exactly. Right, right, right. Can't you? Come on. One of your kids, one one of you guys, can't you get hurt? Can I go to the emergency room or something? Come on. I don't have any material right now. My kids actually used to, uh, when, when things went really bad, uh, and I, I, I just, just about to blow, they look at me and go, dad, that's a column. It's a column. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me. And it's a, it's a fine line too. We're in the, we're in the Instagram age. People want photo proof of things that go wrong. Like the other day, my four year old decided to do her own uh, nail polish and just got it everywhere, all mm. over the bench, all over her hands and knees. And so she's in trouble with my wife. But at the same time, it's like, I can't rush down there and take a picture and reward her. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be subtle and walk that line. <laughs> you know, there, there are other things like, uh, you know, my, my middle son, uh, he was like a Norm Crosby. I don't know if you remember Norm Crosby, a comedian in the 60s, where he just got phrases just a little bit off. Like uh, he, instead of saying hand-me-downs, he called them hand-me-caps. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, 
it was so funny that I didn't correct him because I wanted more no, material. Right, right. <laughs> and that kid never got into college. He got a four on his ACT in English. He's he in jail a... right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm kidding. You know, um, you've got a you've got a ton of followers on. Uh, you've got like a million followers on Twitter, don't you? You're you're a big deal. Um, and the thing and that nobody, I lo- <laughs> nobody on Twitter is a big deal. Let's clear that up right now. <laughs> yeah. well, what I think is just well, so I have three daughters, and you have four daughters, correct? Or yeah, oh, wow, yeah, yes. you're in the all daughter club. Well, yeah. welcome. It's a prestigious company. Yeah, we've got lots of estrogen. If you need any estrogen, James, we've got just come come our way. You know, um, and you know, every day. And by the way, it's going to get easier when they're teenagers. I'm just going to let oh, you I'm know. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, you know, every day is a drama. Uh, and especially, like I said, with teenagers. And I'm always the arch villain, you know, until it gets to a certain point, And then my wife becomes like the arch arch villain. But <laughs> but don't you know, you, I don't think you're at that stage yet because you're correct me if you're wrong. Your kids are very young still, right? Yeah, the oldest is ten. I mean, oh. we're getting the we're getting oh. the attitude there. I know, people always tell me it's going to be worse when the teenage when they're teenagers, and I just can't even fathom that because there's so much crying and drama now <laughs> that it's like it's disconnected. Like the emotional reaction I'm supposed to have as a father, like when they cry, I'm supposed to be like wrapped around their finger, and like, but it happens like every day about everything. It's like just just go cry somewhere else. Yeah. Go cry <laughs> where I can't hear you. Right. And the, the problem with the teenage years is not that it's it's more drama; it's that it's no longer funny. You know oh. what I mean? It's not cute anymore. Right, it's right. like, oh my God, they're yeah. killing me. Yeah, once you hit puberty, have you heard of puberty? Because once they hit it, oh. yeah, game over, my friend. The one good thing about having all daughters is I am totally out of the puberty talk. That is entirely yeah. my wife's domain. I don't have to do any of it. It's like she wouldn't trust me with it. If, and if I did it, I was I would just do it wrong. So it's like, all right, I, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah, no question. And when you do get to when they become when they do go through puberty, like you say, not only the puberty talk isn't you, but everything else isn't you either. You know, although although from time to time I have to, and when I'm at the grocery store, I have to pick up some feminine products, you know, and I am so totally clueless that they'll send me pictures of like the the boxes, you know, the labels (laughs) of the boxes. And I still screw it up. Do you know that these, these things have wings on it and stuff? And they're like, you know, level four and there's thinness and there's caliper. Like, come on, if you like, if you want to do it, go buy it yourself, you know? Yeah, I have three sons, so I didn't have to go through any of that. But it, I, I thought your uh, your book, Bare Minimum Parenting. No, thank God. Um, Perfect. Uh, which has, I think, some actual wisdom, some some true wisdom in it. My, my youngest son is raised uh, mostly by me because I was home and my wife went back to work. And he's super independent. And other parents would ask me, you know, how it is that I did that. And I would say, bad parenting, which... <laughs> You know, it was a joke, but it wasn't really a joke. What I meant was I, I'm not a helicopter parent. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't you really hovering. Yeah. And, and the thing that you do, you you have some great tips or signs that that people might be over parenting in, in this book. You, get, you want to share some of those with our with our listeners? Oh, it's uh, you, well, I can give you some examples from my own life about yeah. how bad parenting can really pay off. Just recently. Oh, that's even so, better. Yeah. 
<laughs> we uh, so w- when uh, COVID hit and all of that, the kids were suddenly home all day, and I was home all day. But I was, you know, I was working, and uh, they got to the point where they would cook themselves lunch. Like if mm-hmm. I was slow off the draw, they would just go and eat themselves up leftovers. They learned to use the microwave. They learned to use micro. Uh, you make grilled cheese. It's like if I was a better parent, that never would have happened. <laughs> they would be exactly. able to feed themselves, <laughs> and they now they go and they they get themselves ready in the morning. I mean, granted, it's a battle royale every time they're shouting and screaming but if i just stay out of it somehow it gets done and that's really all i care about is the end product and i think so the, just parents are kind of scared they're like if i don't go in and intervene at everything the kids will never turn around they'll never learn this stuff it's like oh they'll never learn this stuff if you always do it for them right. they gotta have a right. chance to try and fail yeah that, that, that's 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 oh, and my kids have failed them. boy so <laughs> my, uh the, actually my oldest daughter t- took the sat yesterday and it's the last possible day to take the SAT because she slept through it three times. That's bad, <laughs> that's bad parenting, my friend. <laughs> you feel free to use that, and you just make it up that it's your kid if you want to do that. <laughs> you have your so you were saying that your kids are are young. Um, how old are you? I am thirty five. Just oh, turned thirty five. Oh thirty I've got shirts that are older. Yeah, than right. I've got belly button <laughs> yeah. older than that. I don't think with parenting, it doesn't get age doesn't go by years. It goes by kids. And with four kids, I'm I'm about as old as I could be. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> you still have a full head of hair? I do. I've. Uh, I, I think I show stress in a lot of other ways. I think it goes to my gut rather than losing the hair. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. I actually have a couple of ideas for you for the little ones if if you want them. Uh, I would love them. <laughs> uh, these are little games that I used to play with my with my boys. The first one is called Seek. <laughs> and that just means you go hide and, and I'll seek whenever I feel. <laughs> yeah, right. or, or the other way around. Because let's face it, they're not very good at that right. game. So if you've got a good spot in your house and you just like grab a cup of coffee, yeah. uh, bring a newspaper with you or whatever – and just hang out and let them just roam the house. You can get a good half hour in. That's the game called C. Or hide in your neighbor's house, and that could buy you like four hours, probably five hours. Yeah. The, the other game I used to play was Teeter, where we'd go to a uh, we'd go to a playground, and I would sit on one end, and the kid would sit on the other, and then you know, of course, right. physics being as it is, they're up in the air and they're kind of stuck there. For as long as you need yeah, them there, yeah, right? I called that teeter. You know, and I used to, and I used to always um, do this, and I'll time you, right? Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah, just and I'd have them. Okay, clean the living room. I'll time you. I bet you can't do it in a minute. <laughs> yeah. We also did a thing called time trials where we would make them if they, re, you know, I don't know uh, how energetic the girls are. My boys were just would you know they absolutely killed me. And I would make them just do laps around the house and time them. They're like, ooh, that was pretty good. Now do 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain is still bigger than they are. Than theirs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wish that were true, but they're starting to outsmart me. The other day I played hide and seek with them and I legitimately couldn't find them. And that was kind of scary. Oh, like, wait a minute. They're starting to outfox me. Like this house is not that big. There are not that many places to go, but they are small. They can fold themselves up into balls. And I, I seriously underestimated them on that. And the other thing, you know, the, uh, the games they play, they come up with their own games now because they watch YouTube. And uh, it's like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're wait, we're acting out a 24-hour challenge. And I'm not going to Google what that is. It's like, all right, well, as long as you're in another room and you're quiet, you do that. I just hope it doesn't have anything to do with drugs. <laughs> you're right, exactly. If you lose one of your kids, they say there's nothing, like there's no bad press. 
So, you know, you lose one of your kids. That could be huge for your book, your bad parenting (laughs) book. Every time one of my parenting books comes out, like I said, my first one was Only Dead in the Inside, A Parent's Guide to Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. And then the next one was the bare minimum parenting book, The Ultimate Guide to Not Quite Ruining Your Child. And then the third one uh, was How to Save Your Child from Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and Anything Else that Might Happen on an Average Tuesday. So the theme every time, the theme of two of the books is this this is how to keep your kid alive. It's not as hard as you think. And the other one is here's how to not quite ruin them. You know, they're going to turn out okay. They might not be you know Einstein but they're going to be okay but every time I did that I was like all right kids you can't die although you know to be fair if, if you lose one you lose one you got extras you yeah. got you got four yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of extras there you yeah, had like a genetic group on you got like yeah, four it's, it's, of them it's attrition you got to factor in for that yeah <laughs> talk to us a little bit about exploding unicorn uh think it's yeah just where did uh, that come from and yeah I love I just love it it started out as a fake book of the Bible. So way, way back in the dark ages, uh, I, w- I was in high school taking a computer literacy class. They, we actually had a class to teach us how to use Microsoft Word, and that takes about 10 seconds right. like, for your grammar to learn how to use it. So we had lots of extra time. And so I would sit there, and rather than browsing the Internet, I started writing funny, funny emails to my classmates, and uh, I just started a fake book of the Bible. And one of the passages in there was about unicorns that exploded because they were filled with hydrogen. And that's where we get the saying, it exploded like a unicorn. And uh, I just don't think of new ideas. So many years later at the end of college, when I, I had a humor column there and I was kind of transitioning, trying to see if I can keep my readership onto a blog. I used that the exploding unicorn name for the blog. Then when I went, then nobody read the blog because, you know, blogs are terrible. <laughs> I went on Twitter to promote the blog and I used the same name, Exploding Unicorn. So it's just kind of followed me all the way through. So the key is to be really weird at the start and just be not creative enough to think of anything else. Oh, we're using the same shtick from our college <laughs> oh, days absolutely. in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. No one gets it anymore, yeah, but it's, right. it's okay yeah. with us. We've you know? got some Madonna material that it just absolutely killed. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about the other book here, uh, Prance Like No One's Looking, which... Uh, that that's aimed at kids, right? Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a change for me. So my other three books are all aimed squarely at parents, and uh, you know my tweets really are too. There's not you know kids on Twitter, at least I hope not, or else right. I'm doomed. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, this one it's uh it's basically teaching kids how to do what I do every day. You know, you go out and you know things go wrong and there are disasters, and rather than pouting about it, you make it into a joke, and then you'd exploit it for profit. Now I skip the exploit it for profit stuff in this book, but that's what it is. It's a guided journal where I ask you know funny questions about your day, what you think, what you're into. There's you know weird drawing prompts and all sorts of stuff like that. So really, uh, you know, I, I kind of supply the funny setting, and then the kids kind of explore how they can be funny themselves. And these are kind of exercises I go through with my own kids. They they might you know all kids are so weird and they're so creative. <laughs> yeah, and this true. is just kind of a way. Way to way to get it down on paper and really get it all out in one place. So how did how did you how did it connect? I mean, what was it uh, what was it that propelled you into the million follower category? Do you know it what was, it was? I, I do actually. So I I you know everybody they always see like the very last step. They're like, oh, you're an overnight success. It's like no, I was I was nobody for so long. So you know I figured I, I started writing funny stuff at like age 16. At least what I thought was funny. What I think is funny. What other people think is funny is are not the same thing. And that was part of the problem. Right. But I you know I, so I at first I sent out emails and then in college I wrote a column and then after that I wrote a blog and I ran that blog for like 10 years. I mean it, it, the blog was longer than all of my books combined and I never got above like 50 daily 
readers. And then I transitioned to Twitter and I just first I just posted links to the blog and nobody clicked them. I was like, oh, you got to write jokes on there. So I started, you know, by then I had two kids or something. I don't know. I'd started to collect them somewhere along the line. <laughs> and so, you know, and Twitter kind of gives you instant feedback. Hey, where did this sucks. one come yeah. from? We yeah. got another yeah. one. Yeah. Don't go to they, Costco. They just show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to Costco because they like multiply at Costco. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, samples. I used to. What would they care? Like, uh, one of the reasons I was comfortable putting pictures of my kids online, I was like, are you worried somebody's going to find them? It's like, no, they look just like everybody else's kids. Like, when I go to daycare, you're like, you know how many short, brown-haired girls there are? Like, every day I count myself lucky if I came home with the right one. <laughs> and, it would, and which is the least favorite one? You can maybe trade one in, right? Exactly. Give the other, give a different kid a trial run for a few days. If you don't like them, trade them back. Say it was a mistake. Well, and it's another book, man. It's just... Exactly. <laughs> now you're thinking. Are they, yeah. aware, are, are they aware that you're exploiting them for income? And that their toys are coming from your exploitation of them. Well, you gotta you gotta remember, I'm a writer, so the income is not exactly impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we understand. We're publishers, we're book publishers, <laughs> that's what we know. But but yeah, they they get what I do, so they're completely unimpressed by Twitter. They're completely unimpressed by Facebook. The only thing that impresses them is YouTube. YouTube is yeah. the world to them, and YouTube is where I have by far the smallest presence. And I've kind of just given up on on ever making it big on YouTube. Every once in a while, when we do something weird or funny, like the other day we caught a possum. I made a video of that but I've, I've realized I'm not going to be the next big YouTube star because when you go when you go viral it's completely weird and unpredictable so like, like I was telling you a second oh, yeah. ago so yes. I, I was I was you know I wrote all that stuff on the blog didn't go anywhere got on Twitter and then I started writing jokes I wrote jokes about everything and the only ones that did well were the ones about my kids I was like oh this is what resonates so pretty soon I became the guy who wrote jokes about kids and uh, BuzzFeed ran an article. I, and I, I mean, I did this forever. I treated this like a job, like on the hour, every hour, turning out these jokes. Uh, no profit whatsoever. Just, yeah. I, I just really don't know when to quit. And I did that. I got up to like 200,000 followers just doing that on my own. And then BuzzFeed ran an article about me. And when they ran that article, they're nice enough that they, rather than just taking dead screen caps that don't go anywhere, there were clickable links back to my account. Oh. And I gained like an extra 100,000 followers in a day. Within a month, I was over half a million. Uh, by the end of two months, I had a book deal. Like that BuzzFeed article took me from guy kind of grinding away in obscurity, and they kind of spread me all across the internet. So I'm I'm really grateful. I know a lot of people have all sorts of bad things to say about those listicles out there, but they changed my life. So I'm 100% pro listicles. Now, do you um, do you use the real names of your kids, or or are they? No, yeah, it's they're, all... they're, they're 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 pen names. So that, just so you know, basically, my whole thing was I just don't want to make it easy to murder us. You know, if you try yeah. to you try to Google our real name, you won't find our home address or anything. That was my main criteria. So yeah, like well, for example. I let the internet decide the fake name of my fourth kid. By then I had a bit of a following and they chose waffle. So yeah, in my, my newsletter and stuff, I, my, my kid is named after a breakfast food. And you know, the weird thing is the name totally fits. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Right. If it were, Benedict's wouldn't, Benedict wouldn't have worked, you know, pancakes, yep. a waffle is perfect, right? It, it was, it really, it sometimes is just serendipitous. And the weird, okay, here's, here's, so she, understands the least like she knows i do stuff on the internet she understands youtube a little bit but she thinks that waffle is part of her real name like she thinks it's her middle name <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> now, i'm i'm scarring that child for life it's well, best to start early she can date 
Rick's middle child. Yeah. And they can, they can yeah. live in his basement for the rest of their life then. <laughs> My middle child's named Corned Beef Hash. So, I mean, that would be Ooh, a, I like the it. perfect combination. Uh, you know, you've got little girls. Who's your who's your favorite Disney princess? Who, who do you think is the hottest Disney princess? If you want to I don't about. know about hottest, but I like uh, I like Elsa because she's kind of a super villain. Like, she almost destroyed the mm. world with ice. You know, you gotta, they, they really upped the ante with the princesses. It used to be, you know, they just sing nice and they dance. They put on a pretty dress, but now they've got superpowers and they can freeze entire countries. Like I, I like where it's going, but I'm worried it's it's giving my kids a you know megalomania complex. So hopefully they don't you know try to imitate it. That's a good point. Yeah. Snow White was she just cleaned the house for right. the uh, with the, for the, with the for weird the little, dwarves, yeah. you know, little people. Right? I'm a yeah, I'm a uh, Jasmine guy to be honest with you. I love the oh. I love the the tiger Raja. You know, okay. she's got the Mediterranean flair too. Have you been to Disney World? Have you ta- have you taken them all to Disney World yet? Oh no, I have not. The kids lay the guilt trip on me all the time. One yeah, of those YouTube videos they watch, they um, it's like rides gone wrong or like when animatronic things break down just video after video of things that don't work it's like how is this entertaining this won't be entertaining if it did work and it doesn't um but yeah they they try to lay that on me and I, but i've talked to other people who've gone and it's like you've got to plan this like a military expedition book your rides it's like this this sounds like more work than an actual job i think i'd pay money not to go but uh I, i'm sure the guilt will get the worst of me eventually oh, it's, so I'm, <laughs> it's god awful i mean i've yeah. been there I think, well, my, when, when Dave goes, uh, he calls me on the hour. Like I, I'm in, I'm in line right now at yeah. such and such. This is the worst day of my life. Yeah, right. Here's the here's the small world after all for the yeah. ninth freaking time. Oh you know, uh, the uh, what? But well, what is interesting when you do go to Disney World, and it's really inexpensive too. James. <laughs> it's it's sure, yeah. Really, really that's really what I've heard. Uh, but after blank day three, you're paying like nine bucks for a doughy pretzel that's in the shape of Mickey Mouse, and you're like, whatever. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like it's well. What they have now is they've got these little badges where you you just uh, uh, click it on a, yeah. a screen like a you know like your iPhone. It's like yeah. it's like the little bracelet. Yeah, thing. a little bracelet, and that you then you don't even know what you're being charged. Yeah. <laughs> I, we were in a hotel, and I was uh, getting you know a shivus on the rocks. You know, yeah. I didn't know it was nine bucks for a, but it was, a little but it was in a goofy glass, so that was fine. <laughs> So luckily, I only had about fifty of those, and uh, you know, but that's that's what you need to make it through a week at Disney. Oh, yeah. like my worst life experience is just standing in lines. If there's lines, like even for something I desperately need, I won't stand in line. I'll just go without it. It's like I don't need food today. That's okay. Yeah, so right. it, and it just seems like you're paying somebody to stand in line. I just I can't even fathom. But maybe I'll just live vicariously through you guys. I'll just I'll tell my kids about your experience. I'm sure I'm sure that will convince them. Uh, not yeah, to go. I'm sure that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, we talked. I talked to two guys from Chicago, and they said it sucks. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, okay, Dad. Whatever you say, Dad. There's more to come with our guest on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview right after this. We'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, we're going to have some words of wisdom from Warren Buffett. We're getting heady on this show. We always have been. And Steve's story about how he was terrorized when he was a kid. Can't wait to hear this stuff. On the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. 
Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, returns as we talk about modern muscle cars. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and our man in the field for this very special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Back to our guest on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview. So what what are you working on now? I mean, you got anything uh, in in the unicorn brain right now? Yeah, actually. Uh, so I've got another book coming out in uh, in June of next year that I haven't really promoted much. I'm pivoting a little bit. I've written three parenting books in a row and then one book for kids. So this next book is called uh, How to Be a Man, Whatever That Means, uh, uh, Lessons of Masculinity from a Questionable Source. Oh, cool. And it's more, it's, uh, more like uh, – so – so far, my books have kind of been like uh, top level parenting and they haven't had so many personal stories. And I've, I've built up so many of these personal stories over the years. So these are the personal stories about like, that I had growing up. This is, this is how I ended up as screwed up as I am. So it's kind of like, you know, a, a memoirish funny book about that stuff. And then uh, I just recently uh, got a deal for my first sci-fi book. So I finally, you know, oh. oddly enough, that, that zombie book I wrote the first time, A Parent's Guide to Survive in the Zombie Apocalypse, uh, it was considered nonfiction for whatever reason. <laughs> this will be my first fiction book. I managed to get that. There's a publisher in the UK who's going to do that. I think that's going to come out in 2022. Awesome. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if I can make that work because eventually these kids are going to grow up and I got to write about something else. Yeah. So I got to start planning yeah. for that now. Yeah. Exploit those little ones yeah. as long <laughs> as you can because... Uh, once college, I actually took my daughter on a college tour. Actually, the college tour was just us staying in during COVID. It's just staying us in in the car, yeah. driving around the neighborhood. Right, right. right. that's where uh, the and, engineering yeah. school is. Yeah, yeah, right, and that's where I got hammered once, yeah. and that's where I got drunk <laughs> once. And uh, um, yeah, you think Disney World's expensive? You got keep writing those books, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> just start churning them up. It does, they don't even have to be in English. They don't even have to make any sense. Oh. Just keep on churning them out. Well, so let, let's add to, let's add to your following. If people want to follow you, uh, social media, where where can where where do they find you? Where's the best place to find you? So you can find me at my website, explodingunicorn.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter at exploding unicorn without the e. On uh, Instagram and Facebook, you can search for James Breakwell, and I'll pop right up. I'm the I've got a blue check mark on there for whatever reason. That used that to means you're it real. used to mean something. Yeah, yeah that means you're it, real. It, That's you that you've been verified. Yeah, yeah. A, a real what? Yeah. That's your fake name has been verified. Is basically what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm all over the internet, and then uh, probably my biggest thing right now is my email newsletter. So you know you can only say so much in a tweet, but every week I take the best stories and I write a, a two basically a two thousand word uh, funny diatribe about all the things that exploded or burned down or got stabbed that week, and I send it out on Sunday night. And you can subscribe to that right through my website. It's it's free, and it, there's a fifty percent chance it'll show up in your spam folder. But if it makes it through, you won't regret it. Yeah, that sounds great. You know what? It's been great. And, uh, you know, Rick has, like Rick said, we, he wrote a book. Uh, um, uh, what is it? Father Knows Nothing. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to send it to you. Yeah, we'll send uh, you a so, so, you know what? Off the air, uh, get your mailing address and we'll send it out to you. And uh, then we'll put your address out there. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that people know where you are. <laughs> you know, he didn't respond. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, we really appreciate being on the show and, and get back to that cleaning. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, for your pigs, you, you, you still need to do a book about pets. Yeah. Because, oh, okay. uh, I mean, the whole pigs thing, there's got to be a, a good explanation for that. Oh, there is. That's a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next Thursday. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, just mark it down. We'll, we'll talk to you every week. Thanks, Thank Jay. Well, really, this was, this was great. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. 
All right. It was great talking to you guys. Uh, right, sounds good. Bye-bye. Uh, All right. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's not a soccer ball, that's my head. The Museum of Disgusting Food. Our tribute to Ron Britton. Breaking in to an escape room. And Rick's brush with former Vice President Dan Quayle. All that in unlimited tangents on Minutia Man. Be sure to listen to Minutia Man on Spotify, OldPieShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If you missed the Los Los Anno or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Happy to be here today, Cheryl Scott, meteorologist. Hi, Fred Winston, Chicago radio guy. I'm Rob Hart in Chicago. How about that weather? This is a good show to do that. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't thought, blame the messenger. I'm not blaming the messenger. That's got to be the worst part about being a meteorologist. They blame you for the for, for the sun or the snow or right. whatever. I'm so. like everyone's best friend when it's sunny and 70. <laughs> and like yesterday, I was everyone's worst friend. Yeah. But I know that weather changes so dramatically. We do seven-day forecasts. And right. I go, well, seven days, it sometimes changes seven times in those seven days. <laughs> <laughs> but science is getting more and more accurate. Oh, it does. So, has the Earth been knocked off its axis? I, I, I keep hearing stuff uh, about that uh, from the conspiracy idiots at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever the... It's called.